This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Save 10% on any new subscription at trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues. Enter promo code BREACH10 for 10% savings. You're listening to the Action Figure Blues Podcast, episode number 317, for the week of Wednesday, the 28th of March, 2018. I'm Scott, and with me tonight are... Ben. And Eddie. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. Tonight, our Toys of the Week are the Kotobukiya Fine Art Rogue Statue, the Mattel DC Multiverse Clayface Wave, the Funko Warner Brothers Mystery Minis Bugs Bunny and Yogi Bear, and the Lego Batman Black Canary Minifigure. Gentle people, how are we? Hello. Am I, am I still allowed to say spiffing? You can spiff away, yeah. dude. Yeah. Excellent. Excellent. Well, you, I am spiffing. Yeah. Excellent. <laughs> 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 What's been happening in the uh, world of Ben? Uh, oh, some some good, some bad. Uh, the good, I got the DC Multiverse King Shark uh, builder figure in the mail today. Um, been a bit uh, bit down on DC, obviously, since uh, the multiverse stuff has been coming out and including a lot of the um, TV and movie properties, which I'm not big on. Yep. So I've been sort of cherry picking. So it hasn't really sort of, you know, grabbed my attention the way uh, Marvel Legends has. And uh, wow, what a figure. It's, uh, it's very impressive. Um, glad I got that one. So now I'm in the hunt for the, uh, the hammerhead head to go with that. But um, yeah, on the opposite end, uh, I had uh, for the very first time uh, something that I purchased off eBay that uh, I'm sending back, uh, really? which I've yeah. never done before. So I had to like, oh, what do you have to do to return something? So I, uh, I was looking at... It is the 1,000 Toys Toa Heavy Industries Synthetic Human. Uh, and, and really what it kind of is, is uh, it looks like something that might have stepped off of um, iRobot, you know, the iRobot set with Will Smith. Uh, it's one of those kind of, um, it's an air futuristic android. Uh, and I saw that this company had originally done them in one-sixth scale, and that's kind of what they're known for. Uh, and they've managed to somehow just shrink the figure down and produce it at one-twelfth scale. And so I, I still have this dream that uh, one day I'll find the time to do a bit more, um, you know, diorama building and some more action figure photography. And I kind of like the idea of picking up some generic humanoid figures that are, um, oh, you know, either... Uh, I don't know, the Red Skull or Arnim Zola or Modoc or one of them can can order to beat up Captain America. And I thought, oh, I'll give this figure a try. So I was a little bit hesitant because I know that some counterfeiters have had a go at the 1-6 scale figure. And I did oh. get the one twelve scale figure at a good price. But um, the thing that turned up was really, really disappointing. And uh, no offence to uh, our our you know, oriental uh, friends. Uh, but, you know, if this figure is one twelve scale, then I'd say it's based on probably someone who was about four foot 11 um, instead of, you know, the traditional six foot because this figure was tiny. Like it was coming up to the shoulders of a, a DC UC figure. 
um, which was really disappointing. Amazing articulation, um, but really, really sloppy paint. Uh, and really, for the price, it was, it was incredibly disappointing. So I had to sort of go on, oh, what happens when I click the return this item button? So, um, But as it turns out, the sellers who, who are based in Sydney, so they're local, which is actually really, really good, um, you know, were inundating me with messages going, please, 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 please don't leave us negative feedback. Please, 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 we'll do anything. So, <laughs> so far, so good. <laughs> That's my I've way never had, yeah, I, um, I've never personally had to do it uh, on eBay, but uh, like a return on eBay. Um, but my daughter has uh, set up her own eBay account because you know she's got her own money, and Ew. she bought a what was it like a a plastic makeup tray thing, right? That and one of the mm-hmm. doors in it um, came cracked. And so she was like, oh, I don't want to have to kind of send the whole thing back. What if they want me to do that? Whatever. But um, actually, they just sent her a, a new drawer. Like, and so oh, she didn't cool. actually have to do, do a return. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, when you're a, a buyer, it is a big, uh, you know, you're, all the power in eBay is really with the, the buyer. Yeah, because yeah. as a seller, you know, you are uh, so limited um, in terms of what you can do. Um, eBay is always going to take the um, the buyer's side and find in there everything, and so you do. I totally get that. Sometimes you're like, "Look, what can we do to just let's just try and sort this out?" Because you know, I'm basically screwed now. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so I've learned my lesson. So, so definitely a buyer beware. It was one of those uh, one of those Asian sellers that. Doesn't just sell action figures, but sells you know hair curlers and dog bowls and you know <laughs> everything in between. Oh, that's so funny. That's <laughs> so funny. Um, cool. Well, Mr. Eddie, what about you? What has been happening in your world? Um, my world's just been a blur. It's just sort of been busyness at work <laughs> taking up uh, a lot of the time. But I, I've actually had the opposite. Uh, and in terms of the collecting world, I've had a bit of luck, particularly on the Transformers end of things. There have been a couple of toys there that I've wanted for some time. Uh, the first being the Voyager uh, Megatron from the Last Night movie, which, while the movie was terrible, I heard nothing but great reviews about this <laughs> Voyager uh, Megatron figure. So I sort of wanted to pick him up, but I didn't want to pay the $50 that a Voyager normally runs at. And uh, luckily, because the movie stank and they've <laughs> been sitting around on toy shelves for nearly a year now, uh, he got clearanced out, so I got to pick him up for a couple of bucks. Which was, Sweet. Uh, Fantastic. Which I was uh, very happy for because I found him at half price at a, at a Kmart a couple of weeks ago and was like, do I? And then I decided not to and... Yeah, then he went even much, much lower at Big W. So I uh, got my hands around on him, and he, he was a nice bit of engineering and sort of fun to transform and that. And then the other one was a leader-class one, which is sort of the bigger $100 end uh, range. And it's a character overlord, and he's from the Last Stand of the Wreckers series that I constantly mention and bring up as my favorite Transformer story. And he got released last year, but uh, being a $100 one, I sort of um-denard. And then he 
pretty much didn't hit Australian retail. Uh, I know a, the Aussie retailer Little Toy Company had him, and I was a bit back and forth on whether or not I'd grab him from there. And he sold out, and I had that buyer's remorse almost immediately because I was just thinking, oh, I'll wait next pay, maybe I'll pick him up or something like that. And he disappeared. But then about a week or two ago, they were having a scratch and dent sale, and he uh. turned up on that for half price because of a smash box. So Amazing. picked him up and toy was perfectly fine the box it wasn't even that badly damaged there was just sort of a crease along the top section but i guess a um very picky inbox buyer must have received <laughs> him originally and wasn't happy but that was uh my gain so i was very nice. happy with those and uh also there were a few people talking about and i sort of did it on peer pressure but i uh picked up the 12 inch uh marvel legends wolverine uh, from us, oh, no, yeah. uh, so got him in fairly quickly. Actually, he arrived off uh, the online one, but uh, it's weird. Now I'm in a bit of a weird spot because I sort of did it. I saw other people grabbing him and talking about him. It's like, oh yeah, I do kind of want that, but now I'm like, oh, I also really wanted the Thor, and I never picked that up or the Hulk. And now I was looking at backtracking. It's like, oh, there's actually a few now that I've missed uh, Daredevil and. All that, so now I'm in this weird spot of like, do I go and backtrack now? Am I am I doing this line, or am I just oh, keeping it to the five that I have? That's tricky. That weird, yeah. Because I'm so I'm close to being complete, but enough that it's like, oh, do I? Which way do I go? That's not even <laughs> getting into the variance. Yeah, oh, you'll say, we'll say, stay tuned. <laughs> what about you? Uh... Mr. Scotty, what's been happening in your world? Yeah, uh, what has been happening? So I have been uh, working away. I'm actually um, in a uh, hotel in Brisbane this evening, um, just doing a very quick work trip, um, much less travel in this new job, which is good, just enough to manage. I was on I, Last week, I, Mrs. Scotty was away um, all week for work, and it was so funny because um, – Every like, whenever she's away, if I said like, oh, um, yeah, I mean, you know, my wife's away this week, or the kids said, yeah, mum's away this week, the first thing that people say is, oh, who's cooking? What are you eating? <laughs> and, <laughs> and and actually, my one of my daughters comment on that. So it's so annoying. I say like, well, my dad cooks every night, so we're eating what we normally eat. like, you know, because <laughs> that's just the d- division of labor in you know our house. Not like my yeah. wife can't mm-hmm. cook, but. Um, and when I'm away, they're uh, eating what I cooked for them and left for them because that's you know, what we do. <laughs> oh, but you know what I did this weekend? Because, you know, when um, Adam's on, occasionally we have the adventures of um, Captain Handyman. And I'm oh, like, yes. you know, I'm anti-Captain Handyman, really. Um, <laughs> but I can barely tie my shoes properly. However, I changed the front door deadbolt lock on our door. Good uh, grief. I know. I well, that's proper handyman. <laughs> I know. I did, because um, I had an issue recently with the key on my uh, car, like the or I had to get something rekeyed. It's a long story, and it was so expensive. And so I'm like, I hate locksmiths, and um, you know, and our front door there was an issue with the deadbolt key. And I was like, oh my gosh, I can't. I don't want to have to call it a locksmith for this. And I was like, you know what? I reckon that, like, through the power of YouTube, I probably could work out how to replace this. 
and I did. And I actually replaced it with a keyless entry um, thing where it's like you can have up to like 20 programmable codes to get in. It's amazing. Oh, those, those Samsung ones that are easy to hack. No, no, no! It's not a Samsung one. It's a, it's a, um, what's it called? Yeah, no, it's not, not what. It's nowhere near that expensive either. It's still kind of pretty. Don't mention the brand. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but so, but particularly because, like, Good you know, stuff. we do, yeah, because we have like you know cleaners that come in and that sort of thing, and you know when they swap over, you know, you get your key back from them, but it's still a little bit like, oh, I suppose I could like make a copy. Yeah, of it's and always so, that that sense of not not sure. Yeah, not sure. So having like, okay, she's got her own code, and if she finishes and we need have someone else, you can kind of change it, and I like that idea. But also just from like with the kids and that sort of thing, like knowing that, okay, well, they're, they can't get locked out of the house because unless they yeah. you know, have a concussion and forget a series of numbers. Um, but <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, no, I looked into that Samsung one and saw that. I was like, okay, yeah, we're not doing that. Um, and, you know, they still they still can have a key, but I just like actually proud of myself that I worked out how to do that and did it pretty painlessly. And yeah, YouTube's amazing. You know what you um, have to do next, and that's go, go and see your doctor and get an RFID chip put yeah. under the skin of your hand, and then register that with the lock. And then all you have to do is swipe mm. your hand to get in. That would be amazing. Yeah, no, our, this lock isn't that fancy. Um, <laughs> uh, Oh, and the other thing that I'm doing at the moment is recruiting, which I always find so painful. Oh, that's awesome, isn't it? Yay. Can I just give some, like, you know, recruiting no-no tips? When you're, like, in the running for a job and you have an interview, you know, a little phone call or whatever, it's so tempting to then use that number to, like, text frequently for updates on the progress of the application. But please don't do that. It's actually a guarantee that <laughs> yeah. no one will ever want to talk to you yeah. again. Uh, and um, other fun facts, uh, don't <laughs> try and connect with the person who interviewed you on LinkedIn um, before <laughs> they actually hire you because that's another thing that makes uh, the recruiter go, okay, yeah, no. You know, it's like you want to be keen but not a stalker. So <laughs> That's right. Yeah. yeah. Know your so, boundaries. I know. That, so that's been my... Week. <laughs> my biggest been... one when we have it with people is just don't put hobbies on your resume and if you do don't put travel everyone <laughs> puts travel it doesn't make you interesting it doesn't make you unique you're either just like everyone else or you really do travel and you travel a lot in which case you're going to be putting in for a lot of leave and <laughs> potentially dropping out of the job uh, early on and taking lots of time off, which is not what an employer wants. But for some reason, every resume when we do recruiting that I go through, people seem to mention traveling in great detail and it just drives me. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually kind of proud of you, Eddie, for actually reading. I don't get that far. No, I don't so get that far. If, no, oh, I love it. I, I like, <laughs> say, this is where I'm weird. I'm that person in the office that they're like, oh, we've got some recruiting coming up. Can you do it? And I'm like, yes, because I love the Schadenfreude, a reading 
the resume. <laughs> I think that's why um, travel annoys me is because it appears in every one. It's nothing yeah. unique. But I, I love going, you get the one, we've had ones where people have submitted poems for their cover letters. Uh, <laughs> we've seen like lots of different, there was one person oh. that had like, it was, you know, that the medical symbol of the snake wrapped around. Oh, yeah, the, the pro, oh. It was like that, but it was foxes as like cover art on there. Resume letter, like all sorts of different. How can that be? Oh, we get wonderful ones. We, 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 it's just comedy gold. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a, it's a very, very hard thing as a, uh, you know, it's not fun looking for jobs, and you, and but some people, uh, I think, you know, you just sometimes you've got to kind of take the time to do stuff properly. Um, cause when you don't, you, you blow your chances. And, and also uh, there's a lot of research about, uh, how long a, each you know, CV gets. And I think it's like 12 seconds, you know, is, is like yeah. literally, and, and I don't think that's yeah. far off to be honest, because you can, you know, you kind of know what you're looking for. And there's so, and when you have to go through a volume of them, you know, there's, you kind of, any, the moment that you see something that looks a bit dodgy, it's like right next, like, so yeah, it's hard. It, it's hard. It's not. It's not. It's not mm. fun when you're on the end of that. Um, but I just kind of. I end up just hating humans, you know, by the time it's <laughs> over, just because it's like, wow, so many like bad, bad applications and. Whatever. But then, like you know, when you, I, I, but then by the time I get people to the point where I want them to come in, like have coffee with me and meet, like I've already spoken to them on the phone and make sure that. I'm not wasting their time or they're not going to waste mine. <laughs> and then, you know, when I'm sitting talking to people, then I'm like, Oh, I like you. I don't know if I want to hire you, but maybe I could adopt you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, it's the highs and the lows. That's anyway, right. um, well, look, this isn't really a, how to not get a job um, podcast. <laughs> it is a, um, uh, what, what do we do? Oh, toys. Toys. Toys, and we've got lots of toys to talk about tonight. Uh, and mm. then, and I've got most of them, <laughs> but they're small, so I won't be talking for very long. And no, I, I, you, I think. Sorry, you? Oh, you got most I of them. Oh, I got most Eddie, of them. You do absolutely. You're totally right. True. Okay, so uh, pull up a chair and uh, sit back with a nice cool drink, and we'll take a short break and come back, and Ben can talk about his toy first. Big Jim's World of Adventure starring Big Josh with Talking Cat Pack. That's my cat, Peter. You unload the Big Jim's sports camper gear. Big Josh says, Bring the boat, I'm fishing here. And you know the dinner will soon be here. Big Josh says, Let's find some firewood. Now this camp is looking like a good camp should. Big Josh with Talking Cat Pack is sold separately. Big Jim's sports camper comes with fishing boat and gear from Mattel. Uh, well, Ben has a very special um, segment tonight because I'm expecting this review to mostly be about how awesome I am uh, in <laughs> helping him to find this and then maybe a little bit about a toy. Um, so over to you, Ben, to speak of my greatness. Okay, well, I, I would be very <laughs> remiss by starting this review without giving credit to, uh, I guess, to me for buying it. But um, <laughs> some like credit does lie with Scotty. <laughs> <laughs> when uh, he, he alerted me to said item by uh, taking a screenshot because he can't link me to a Facebook uh, buy and sell group that I am banned from. 
So once again, we're referring to said group where I simply pointed out that the Hulk is not 12 feet tall and got forever banned and napalmed and, <laughs> and everything that goes with it. But, you know, that's that's the power of a Facebook admin. They're, they're a pretty big deal. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you wield the power. You wield the power. So anyway. I, uh, I, I'm going to be talking about uh, a little piece by, oh, geez, I always get confused at the last second. Is it Kotobukiya? Yeah, is that, that good enough? We got with um, Kotobukiya, although it could be Kotobukiya. I'm not sure about it. Kotobukiya, all right. It's, the, the, well, anyway. it's on the E, not the I. Yes. <laughs> well, many moons ago, uh, in 2011, when I went to my one and only visit to the San Diego Comic Con, these guys were displaying... The, uh, the very first entries to their fine art uh, statue line, uh, which has gone on to be very successful. And uh, originally it was the Avengers and has extended into many, many, many other um, of the, uh, the Marvel brands. And uh, one of those eventually became the X-Men's Rogue. And I can remember walking into a very newly opened uh, pop culture store uh, near where I work uh, back in 2015 when this actually came out and then I took one look at the price and went, I'm not paying that. You know, I'm, I'm pretty connected in this industry. You know, I've got plenty of ways to find this cheaper. Um, then I went home, checked all said uh, resources, couldn't find it any cheaper, was quite surprised, went back the next day and it was gone. So that uh, that taught me a lesson and I've kind of kept an eye out for it ever since and I haven't been that committed and the prices for this are all over the place. So originally in 2015 when she came out, she was about US $240, which is kind of standard for the fine art line. Um, so fine art, the, these guys claim that this is a one-six scale uh, line and uh, I'm highly dubious. Uh, I've got her sitting on my shelf and she's not that far from some of my one six scale hot toys figures. And I think if she's one six scale, she'd probably be about four foot ten. So um, scale issues are obviously a thing that's affecting me this episode. Anyway, um, so she's actually still quite tall because of uh, the way that they've actually sculpted her atop the hand of a sentinel. She's 30 centimetres tall, about 12 inches. Now, the, the packaging's pretty standard. The good thing um, about the Kodo guys with this is they've actually kept the same look and feel for the packaging since the line started. So you've got this sort of bright, glossy white box um, with black writing contrasting on it and then plenty of images of the item within and uh you know it looks good it's it, it's easy to spot like it uh, it stands out on the shelf if you've got one of those stores that tends to sort of put some new acquisitions up on the top shelf rather than actually unpacking them um split styrofoam tray it's all pretty easy uh to do and it's uh, it's collector friendly so it's pretty much industry standard now now this piece is sculpted by eric Sosa, and uh, i don't mind eric's work um He's, uh, he's fairly consistent in, uh, in his delivery, I find. And uh, what they've done here is uh, a pretty good effort. So it's rogue. It's in the middle of a battle sequence. I'm assuming it's probably in the danger room or, or something like that. It's hard to tell. But really, it's rogue sort of in mid-flight, and she's kind of connected to the dismembered hand of a sentinel robot, which is obviously quite large in, in contrast with her. Um, and, you know, it's obviously a bit of a, a victory pose. She's got the arm up and uh, clenched in a fist. And then the other hand, she's actually got um, part of uh, one of the broken fingers that she's, you know, I don't know, maybe she's just flipped this sentinel over by its pinky or something like that. So in terms of the, uh, the you know, the design, it's, uh, it's actually pretty cool. I quite like it. However, this is the second 
rogue statue that um, that Kodo uh, have. Well, they haven't done. There was actually a, a previous statue which I messaged Scotty about, um, and as it turns out, it never went into production. So this is a, a completely different design, and uh, I quite like both of them. So a bit disappointing that they never went with that original one. So it, it all looks good. This is the Jim Lee Rogue, so it is as you'd expect. It's the uh, it's the green and yellow costume with the brown leather jacket over the top, with those sort of quite high sort of um, boots coming up over the knees. Uh, putting it together is all fairly uh, quick and easy. The base comes out; it's all one piece. The hand on that that sort of circular base. Um, what actually surprised me is when you look at the pictures, it's kind of hard to tell where the connection is actually happening in terms of her touching the hand of the sentinel. I thought that she um, she has one leg sort of fairly straight out behind her and the other one's actually bent. And I thought maybe that bent knee would actually be, uh, would have a peg or something that goes into the hand, into the finger of the hand, but it's not. The, the finger is actually attached to her leg and, and it's the finger that plugs into the uh, a socket in the base of the hand. So um, that's actually quite interesting. And then that straight leg that's sticking out behind her, as you sort of lower the peg hole down of the bent knee, that straight leg just kind of sits on top of one of the other fingers and balances. So it all sort of sits quite nicely. And really the only other piece is uh, is the head attaches with a magnet that was pretty tight. Um, and the reason for that is because it does come out with a swap-out portrait. So there's no exclusive or anything like that. If you buy this, you get both heads regardless. Uh, now, you've got the standard head, which is uh, rogue with that, that huge sort of mop of curly hair that we've come to know uh, Jim Lee for. Uh, and then the alternative um, portrait is that sort of short head. I kind of think of it as the extreme uh, X-Men rogue look. And uh, I don't know, maybe they were just struggling a bit to come up with something, but I don't remember her really having this hairstyle with that particular costume. Uh, yeah, I like I, it, though. It, you look, I, I don't mind the hair. I'll, I'll get to the actual portrait of the portrait <laughs> in a second. But <laughs> um, So, you know, the costume's actually pretty good. Like, it's, I think, you know, Jim Lee didn't actually go crazy with any of this. There was no um, pouches or webbing or anything like that on it. There was no sort of, you know, hatched uh, material on the thighs. It was all pretty straightforward. And I think Eric's been pretty faithful to that. He's added a couple of sort of lines here and there just to separate the colours a bit better. And it's nice that that's actually sculpted rather than just one colour painted up another. There's some nice separation there of the colours using an actual sculpted uh, element, which is pretty cool. The only thing that kind of stands out that's really obvious, and I guess, you know, this is superheroes where, you know, everyone has these amazing physiques and whatnot. And so we don't really worry about any logic but she has the the most incredibly high high heels on <laughs> you've ever seen uh, it's just it's just the most illogical thing and and i've seen you know some artists uh do actually take that into consideration and i've seen people sculpt um boots that actually have almost like a combat tread or a sneaker tread on the bottom of it you know which is uh, a bit more in keeping with what you'd expect in our reality um, but, you know, this is a world where people can fly. So she has these ridiculous, almost like five-inch heeled boots, which um, and, and they're stiletto uh, as well. And it just, yeah, I don't know. It's just kind of an odd look when you think about what she's supposed to be getting around and doing. Um, so, you know, look, the, the hand is actually really well done. There's some really nice work. It's a shame that 
the way you sort of pose it, the hand is a little bit turned away from you, so you don't get to see some of that really incredible detail in the palm. There's obviously a, a light or where energy would actually shoot out from that's really, really nicely done. You can see all the little kind of wires and servos. Like it's not a, a, a you know, he hasn't actually skimped on detail when it comes to sculpting the hand, which is actually really, really nice because up close that actually adds a bit more of a wow factor to it. Uh, so sculpt, I really don't have a problem with any part of the, the sentinel hand or the base. It's really, really nicely done. The costume is done well. Is done well. The drapery in the leather jacket is actually really, really good. I'm, I'm really, I always do appreciate when people understand the flow of things like you know something as simple as the way material should actually hang, um, and that's actually replicated here really nicely. Now I've gone with the long head head for a couple of reasons. One is because that's just the you know the version of Rogue that I know for this costume. Um, it's not my favourite costume. I actually prefer the Outback Rogue in the uh, the the black and green outfit. Um, but uh, you know this is what you'd expect. So she's got this huge sort of uh, you know bushy hair that's actually done really well. It's not completely over the top. You could sort of look at it and think that you know someone could achieve that. You know a bit of hairspray and a hair dryer, and you could actually get that look going. Um, the 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 face on that particular portrait is. <sighs> It's very stern, um, you know, it's, it's not aggressive. She, she's kind of like she's angry but not angry. She looks like she's really focusing on something uh, and, and that's fine. But then the alternative portrait um, has, you know, I, I, I was trying to think of a way to describe it. Um, it's, a, it's a slightly more upbeat look but it really looks like she's passing wind at, a wedding during a speech and she doesn't want anyone to know <laughs> it's just <laughs> it's it's a really weird kind of pose. she's got this kind of half smile on one side of her face like she's trying not to smile but she can't help it um and it's it's awkward um you know eric sosa sculpts a lot of portraits and, and he's good at what he does and so i'm a bit surprised i don't know whether maybe from his prototype through to casting um, you know, moulding, casting, painting, some of the message has been lost in what he sculpted. Um, but I really am not feeling it all. It just it looks really quite awkward. So between the awkward face and the the short hair, um, it really is quite easy for me to choose the long-haired sculpt. So I'm actually also a little disappointed that the sculpts aren't that much um, different. We, You know, I, I complained about this with the Marvel Legends Namor figure in that we got... Uh, a plain unbearded face with the Walgreens figure, then we get a plain unbearded face with the um, Black Panther figure, and we get a you know a plain bearded face. And I thought, really, like you couldn't kind of step this up and have him yelling or something. So I think for for Rogue in the middle of a combat situation, whether it's in the danger room or whether it's actually out in in their world, um, she looks rather nonplussed. Like she looks like she's doing this with ease. There doesn't seem to be any kind of yelling going on, and um, you know whether that sort of makes the the statue less sexy. Or, I don't know, but she does look a bit bored, if anything. So that's probably my only sort of downside um, to that. But, you know, overall, because it is so well sculpted, you know, it, it does actually look fantastic. And moving on to the, the paint, um, I'm, you're always a little bit 
uh, worried when you, you step down from, say, you know, sideshow premium format because you kind of worry that the smaller these things get, the less care is taken with them. But uh, I was actually quite impressed uh, at how well it's executed. I think the metallic look on the Sentinel hand has actually been done really, really well. There's some nice kind of highlighting in, in all the relevant areas. So in the recesses, they've sort of got the black wash happening, which really sort of makes that um, metallic purples sort of stand out even more. Uh, and then the the work on Rogue herself is actually really nicely done. I mean, I think a steady hand applying that green and yellow, there's really not a lot to, to mess up. Um, yellow is a hard colour to apply, so you're always kind of looking to, to make sure that they've actually done uh, a good job there. And I think, you know, in this particular case, they have. Um, and then, of course, you know, the, the face is always the one that you, you worry about. A, a tiny sort of slip of the brush can completely alter the way uh, a portrait comes across. And mine is actually really, really well done. Um, as I said, I don't know whether, you know, the paint has actually caused that second portrait to look a bit odd. But on the main uh, portrait with the long hair, it's actually done well. The eyes are really nice. There's a bit of a glossy red applied to the lips, which is sort of a contrast to the rest of the costume, which is uh, fairly matte. So, you know, overall, um, you know, you know it complements itself quite well. And uh, I'm actually quite glad that I finally got around to picking this up because um, I'm not one of those people. I mean, I'm, I obviously have my favourite characters and Rogue is my favourite female, uh, but I'm not someone who feels the need to go out and get every single thing that is Rogue um, when it comes out because, you know, my goodness, have they produced some damn ugly Rogue stuff uh, in oh. the past and uh, there is uh, not just some hideous action figures, but there's some hideous statues out there as well. I was so, thinking about uh, when you were talking about the Outback outfit, which I do like as well, and we have actually had uh, in the, the three and three-quarter Marvel Legends that outfit, but with yes. the worst head sculpt, the hair, was just yes. like, I mean, which it was kind of an attempt at the punk version of her hairstyle, which was yeah. like, I was just like, why would anybody want that? Like, it... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, unfortunately, the, the costume that I really like um, doesn't get a lot of love. I think the best representation we've seen is the the Randy Bowen statue that was based on the Arthur Adams artwork where she's in the, uh, the metallic green over the top of the black bodysuit with that sort of huge, huge head of hair. Uh, yeah. And I, I think that's probably the and, – and I actually made the mistake of not picking that up at the time, and it is one that actually does – uh, fetch a, a good dollar on eBay, so that's a bit disappointing. So much like the um, the Bishoshu figure, which goes for stupendous amounts of money, and I, I really don't understand why. So mm. the rogue one, yes. well, I think because yes. I mean <clears throat> they're. Uh, I think just because it's pretty rare, like you know, those early um, Bishoshu figures haven't been redone, and because yeah. it's now gone on for so long. Um, although, I mean, like I, those were a lot smaller than the ones that they have, um, now, which is like super annoying. So, yes, um, yes. Yeah. So yeah, look for me, I, I'm really pleased. I picked this up. I noticed that diamond is doing a savage land rogue PVC statue coming up in a couple of months. So that will be on my list. I'm still picking up the other Kodo figure, the, um, uh, the smaller series. What's that called? Uh, where she's in that sort of really classic outfit. But, um, 
yeah, quite nice to, to see, you know, you have an opportunity to sort of uh, pick up a few more rogue items like this. Um, so overall, uh, I'm really quite pleased. I, I did actually get this for quite a, a good price too. So again, I have to thank Mr. Scotty for that. And so other than really than the that alternative portrait being a bit iffy and, and I guess a bit of a bland expression on the main head, uh, this is actually a, a win for me. So I'm going to give her 9 out of 10 dollies. Oh, well, very good. Very good. Very good. I like it. I, I, I like uh, this Danger Room um, series. I think that, uh, you know, they, they did a good job um, with that. I, the Kotobukiya stuff scaled nicely with the um, Bowen stuff back in the day as well. Yes, yes, indeed. And that's what made me think that it's not quite one-sixth. I think it's more like one-eighth uh, scale. And, and in terms of the Sentinel, uh, at first I was a bit kind of like, oh, Sentinel, you know, there's been a few <laughs> rogue statues that have included the Sentinel. And like, can somebody come up with something other than Sentinel, you know, to do with the X-Men? And then I thought about it, and I thought, well, you know, what else do you do? Do you, do you sculpt a cloud, uh, you know, for a base? <laughs> I mean, you, you kind of... Eunice like, the Untouchable. Oh, I do thing. like Eunice. Eunice Eunice the Untouchable gets no love. He, he needs some base love, just That's right. or something. Man. Yeah. So in in hindsight, uh, I I did actually go mm, no. You know, I'm I'm happy with the, the that sort of danger room sentinel theme. I mean, the hand looks great. It's really well detailed. So yeah, it's a win. Whatever happened to Eunice the Untouchable? Eunice, oh, he's around. I think was it. Post uh, House of M, I think. So he might have committed suicide. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of someone oh dear. else. Smothered by his own force field. <coughs> I hate it when that yeah. happens. Uh, resurrected yeah. during M. Uh, depowered during M Day. Resurrected during Necrosha. And then somehow alive again. Oh, I remember okay. him getting beat up by Power Man and Iron Fist. Hilarious. <laughs> There we go. Okay. You know, some of this one Unity Untouchable fan is very excited right now. That's (laughs) that's right. There you go. Well, he's now on my Marvel Legends top 10 most probably. All right. Okay. And on that note, we will say thank you very much, Ben, for um, that review made possible by me. And we will take a short break, and Eddie will talk about things that I didn't help with at all. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, Eddie is uh, taking up the DC action figure baton in this episode by reviewing not one not two but an entire wave of toys (laughs) so over to you eddie thank you scotty uh so yes i am i am going to be talking about the dc multiverse 
Clayface Wave. Now, I literally uh, was going to talk about something else today, and then I got these in the mail this morning and uh, realized that I really wanted to talk about them. Now, that's not saying where I'm falling on them yet, just uh, they they were enough that I wanted to uh, talk about these figures this episode because we talked about our hopes for DC uh, to put it nicely on our best of 2017 end episode. Uh, ben even mentioned at the beginning of this episode that he'd fallen off uh, the DC sort of classics. I'm doing air fingers. It uh, doesn't really work well on a podcast, but it's a great um, yeah. with, with quotations, they sort of became unlimited and now it's known as multiverse and really these guys are kind of the second wave of multiverse so they've gotten rid of that horrible black and red box design yeah, uh cool. and now they've gone with this new box which has this weird kind of wrinkle at the bottom in the box design but apart from that it's a pretty straightforward box but it's in the colors of the dc rebirth banner which is uh, kind of the current state of the DC universe, and it's where a lot of these figures draw their inspiration from. And uh, probably one of the big things on the behind the scenes of these guys is that this seems to be the heavy return of the four horsemen uh, doing sculpts on these DC figures, uh, where a lot of the ones in the past uh, seem to be uh, he- heavily from the just in-house Mattel team, except for, I think, uh, some of the Dark Knight uh, figures and potentially some of the movie ones. I'm not too sure where they fall, but if I had to guess, I would say uh, the in-house Mattel team. But uh, these ones are a return to the Four Horsemen, which, for those who don't know, they were the guys that sculpted the original uh, DC classics and that sort of precursor superheroes and Batman uh, line waves, which I think the first one actually came a bit before. It was the Dr. Psycho builder figure uh, who I also got that last wave of the old multiverse. And that Dr. Psycho is probably my favorite DC figure we've gotten in a long time. His sculpt and paintwork and design is just amazing despite his lack of articulation and his very small miniature builder figure stature he's just brilliant so if you do get a chance to get him i highly recommend it but the clayface wave so it is made up of one live action multimedia figure which is martian manhunter from the supergirl tv show and then the rest are from uh dc rebirth so we have uh batwoman we have jessica cruz green lantern we have Two-Face and Superman, and they build Clayface. So first I'll talk about uh, Green Lantern Jessica Cruz. Uh, so she is a, one of the new uh, Green Lanterns that's part of the Rebirth Justice League team. She'd originally acquired uh, Power Rings, <laughs> Power Ring. Uh, but uh, has since been able to get a proper Green Lantern ring, and she's teamed up with Simon Baz, who we're getting in a later wave, and they sort of work as police partners. She's of uh, Hispanic background, and I'm blanking on the phobia. Is it agoraphobia, where you're scared to leave the house? Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, yeah. so she, she 
her character arc is she sort of had agoraphobia and was kind of actually scared and was frightened. She couldn't overcome her fears and uh, since has. So uh, she she's a very interesting character. She uh, And I am a big Green Lantern fan, so I am happy to have her represented on my DC classic shelf. Uh, she's probably the weakest figure out of the bunch for me, though, here in terms of uh, the main comic book ones, just her design's very much based off the Jim Lee uh, artwork of her, and I just don't feel like that really represents uh, Jessica too well uh, for me. She's got sort of this green glowing symbol that's over her eye, and on this one they've sort of painted it. It looks like she's just done bit of arts and crafts at the local fair with some face paint on it there. <laughs> uh, it do- doesn't really work uh, the way it should. And I think the big mistake that they might have made with the figure is they've sort of left some flesh around her eye, whereas I think if you had it just painted that whole symbol green right up to uh, her pupils there, that, that would have worked much better. Yeah. Uh, on the figure, and because she's got such a distinct eyebrow, it also looks very weird. Her not having an eyebrow on that side, despite the fact that that symbol wouldn't cover the whole <laughs> eyebrow area, so it does sort of stand out. There's until you notice it, you're just sort of looking at it, going like something's not a hundred percent right with that uh, face there. But the bright side is that it is an all-new base female buck here. And this I am happy about because they have had issues with articulations in the multiverse recently, and they do seem to be improving on that. So it's not perfect here. Her elbows have about, I'd, I'd say, maybe 80% range of movement uh, rather than the full 90 or more. Uh, which is a little bit of a shame, but where they had the big issues, which was the covered joint on the knee that uh, you are only getting maybe 30 or 40% uh, range out of, they have introduced, again, double-jointed knees, uh, which is fantastic and definitely helps movement there. And instead of an ab crunch, They've got a ball joint higher up in the chest, and it's actually got a fair range of mobility, so you can sort of lean her back forward but also do bits of twisting around from side to side and across and uh, a bit of lean on either side, which is fantastic. That just adds a uh, fair bit of movement in there. Uh, Unfortunately, no sort of swivels in the upper arm to give a bit more range there. She has got swivel in the actual joint itself, but... Uh, That can look a little bit awkward, but it is good to see that it is a vast improvement over the recent female sculpts uh, and even male bucks we've been getting in that they are sort of looking at things and improving. Uh, Next, I'll look at uh, Martian Manhunter, uh, who I probably should have gone with first thematically, but I had him off to the side. Uh, But he's based off the Supergirl TV series. Uh, He's actually really well done in terms of his paintwork. He's got amazing paint and some really detailed sculpting, uh, but I feel like this guy is a holdover from the previous era. He's got the very covered joint articulation. So when I'm saying covered joints, I mean that it's uh, the way that Mattel's sort of been doing these figures is that where you would normally have the peg hole for the joint, that's covered by plastic and 
the joint is hidden in there, uh, but unfortunately it has affected their articulation range, trying to cover the articulation. So on his arms with the elbows, you've only got maybe about 40 degrees of movement rather than the 90 or plus that would sort of be uh, standard there. And he's got the single uh, jointed knee, so you're only getting about 30, 40 plus range of movement there. So you really struggle to get him in a running pose that looks more like a sneaking, (laughs) kind of like footstepping uh, through, which is a bit of a shame. And he's got the old school articulation sort of, uh, butterfly joints in his hips running through there where most of these guys, except for Two-Face, who also has the old style, uh, sort of have more the new Marvel Legends articulation where they've got kind of uh, the joints going into legs and then swivels uh, high up. So design-wise, he looks uh, quite nice and fantastic. So if you're just going to put him statically on a shelf, uh, he actually does look the part. Uh, but uh, articulation-wise, he is quite terrible. Uh, now, speaking of Two-Face, I'll jump to him. So he's a buck that you'll be fairly familiar with because he's in uh, a reuse buck of the old DC Classics uh, suit. So characters like Black Mask and John Constantine and uh, all those sort of ones came uh, with this design. Uh, so it does work well being four horsemen sculpts uh, using new four horsemen uh, pieces such as the head and the hands. Uh, but it does stand out a little bit as being a bit of an older buck, but better than some of the new ones we've gotten. So it's a bit back and forth. But the new pieces are he does uh, have swappable hands. So he's got two gun holding hands. Uh, but the cool thing is he does have uh, two coin hands. So you've got one coin hand with the good side of the coin and one coin hand with the bad side of the coin. And they're both for his right hand, so they're swappable. Uh, so you can plug in the ones that you want to display him with or you can have him holding two guns. Now, the guns are just reuses of the Dark Knight uh, Joker gun uh, through there. So they are a little large, but um, style-wise it kind of works, which I haven't described for him. So this Two-Face is based off the John Romita Jr. artwork for All-Star Batman, which was one of the launch books of Rebirth, and it's about a Batman and Two-Face going on a road trip across America. Uh, It was a very good story, but I'm not the biggest fan of the John Romita uh, design of Two-Face. He sort of looks like um, Benicio Del Toro, uh, kind of long, shaggy <laughs> hair, sideburn. <laughs> and um, he goes with the much more sort of blacker burnt face uh, on the other side of the head with no hair. And he doesn't break up the suit at all. So it's just he's wearing a red jacket uh, with uh, black pants and a black shirt underneath. It's none of that like half white, half uh, black, say, design that the animated series have. Uh, but in terms of the head sculpt, it is fantastic. It definitely captures the John Romita Jr. style. Uh, and there is some very nice paintwork in there where there's sort of the red uh, tissue around uh, on the front of his face that's been sort of burnt off. And then there's almost kind of this dried up scabby paintwork going on towards the back of his head where his hair's been burnt off. So that that is, that is a nice design. 
uh, there. And Two-Face hasn't exactly been the easiest figure for people to get. So for a lot of people, this is going to be an affordable way to get a Two-Face into their collection. Uh, now, the two uh, favorites of this uh, wave for me is uh, Batwoman. Uh, so obviously, Kathy Kane, Batwoman, is a figure that's been requested for a long long time and it's a shame it's taken this long to get a Kathy Kane but at least on the good side she does come on this new uh, female buck uh, which if you remember the original female bucks in DC Classics weren't good at all so so if we are getting one this is a great way to get her because this buck works really well for her having that uh, upper waist joint getting a lot of uh, sort of 360 movements out of that having the double jointed knees uh, that work quite well uh, and just you can get some really fantastic poses out of her uh, what's really cool is uh, she comes with a swappable head uh, so you do have her um, secret identity or you can have her with a mask on. Now, unfortunately, mine does come with a couple of blemishes. She's got a bit of a scratch on the upper part of her cowl, uh, which considering that the head is cast in the skin tone, uh, the scratch on the black part does mean uh, that she uh, you know, is having a bit of skin tone showing underneath it rather than if they had to cast it in black and painted the skin tone on. Uh, and the other thing is, is that one of the points of her cowl is actually coming up through her hair, which is a separate piece. Oh. So it, it is a slightly darker black than on the figure itself where the black is painted over the white skin tone. Uh, so it, from a distance, it's fine, but up close, you're going to notice that it's sort of, stands out as being a little bit different. Uh, one thing I am happy with, though, is that they have gone that really pale white skin tone for her, uh, which is a feature uh, of her outfit, uh, and that really sort of shiny uh, red lipstick. So really does capture the character quite perfectly, and the head sculpt on it is fantastic. And the other unfortunate piece is on her cape, uh, where that meets the top of her bat symbol. Uh, there's a little silver paint on a medallion where the cape clips on, and they've only painted one of the two of mine. Uh, so I've got one silver medallion and one just uh, plastic black that matches up with the rest of the cape through there. So, is that, so that, just, is, is that just Gertie having a bad day? Like it's been deliberately or accidentally missed? Yeah, it's Gertie having a bad day. It clearly was meant to be painted because the sides of it are just red, which is the uh, color of the cape underneath. Um, so someone's just sort of run the black over that because it's the easiest way of painting it on the top and hasn't done any of the sides because it has meant to have that silver uh, dipped into it over the end there, which didn't happen. So uh, it is a little bit of a shame, but it's not – horribly noticeable because it is a darker silver uh, point there. And uh, because she comes with two heads in the way that I am, if I do find her cheap, I might pick up a second one of her anyway, uh, depending on 
how it comes through. So out of all the ones to have that issue, it's it's kind of not the worst since I might might have one mm. through. And coming up lastly, we have uh, Superman based on how he appeared uh, in at the beginning of Rebirth. So it's not quite his new 52 costume. He doesn't have the collar. He's back to the open neck. Uh, he's got at the bottom of his wrist sort of the uh, movie Superman sort of silver uh, gauntlet pieces. Uh, he's got no trunks on. And the weird part of the costuming is he has blue uh, boots, but they're blue boots with sort of a red trim around the top. Uh, it's not my personal favorite look for Superman. I actually did prefer it over the new 52 costume design. Uh, but luckily the Superman books have been uh, some of my favorite over this past uh, year or two with Dan Jurgens and uh, Pete Tomasi writing them. And so I do have a bit of a nostalgic uh, soft spot for this outfit because it's what he was wearing at a time that got me back into Superman for the first time in a very long time and uh, really had me feeling like this was uh, the character returned to his sort of top spot in the comic reading pile, which he pretty much always should be, but uh, uh, often isn't, sadly. Uh, now, this guy, as far as I can tell, is an all-new base sculpt, and it works really well. So uh, he does have the covered joints on his elbows, uh, but being a new sculpt, it has been designed so you get a full 90 degrees, uh, which works really well. He has swivel cuts uh, just in that uh, upper arm piece that are very reminiscent of the old uh, DC Classics way of doing the shoulders. He's got an ab crunch, which has a very large range of motion. Uh, he's got sort of the more Marvel Legends-designed hips, and he's got uh, double-jointed knees there, uh, on the bottom, which is sort of new for a uh, DC uh, Classics version of Superman because the old DC Classics just had the one joint there in the knee. Uh, and he's fantastic. He's been the one I constantly throughout the day have been picking up the most and sort of fiddling with and uh, is a great base Superman buck. So I really hope that at some point soon they sort of give him a recolor and give us a modern Superman out of this. Um, with sort of the red boots and uh, the trunks on. And the thing I, I forgot to mention, which I should have, of course, is the head sculpt. So it is a great, very much the way I picture Superman head sculpt, looking very stoic. Uh, and he's got the lovely S-swirl there in his head, which is uh, sculpted on, but it's actually painted very nicely, where for a while I thought his hair might have been a separate piece. Uh, and just really bright blue eyes. And one of the things that I really love is they've given him the nice big S symbol on his chest that has sort of the matte coloring design. It's not really shiny at all, but it just evokes that Christopher Reeve Superman to me. And something else that I always love seeing, he's got just the yellow and black version of the shield printed on the back of his cape there. So I really 
really dig this Superman figure. He's been a big surprise favorite of me. And he comes with swappable hands, so you can have him in the flying uh, handout position or like swimming arm sort of ones, or you can give him fists, which does give you uh, some posing options there. So I was really surprised at how much I love this Superman. And one accessory that I've been posing more with Superman than the original character that it came with, uh, but Martian Manhunter actually comes with some Black Mercy, which is the plant from that classic Alan Moore story that when it attaches to you, allows you to live out your fantasy dreams and fantastic story, which I won't uh, retell here because most people are not, but uh, that's a uh, fantastic piece that has sort of real dangly uh, rubber pieces that you can just hang over a character and attach it onto their chest. So I've been attaching this onto Superman uh, throughout the day and it works really well uh, through there. So I'm also very excited to have a piece of Black Mercy finally uh, <laughs> for the DC collection. But nice. the big showstopper uh, of this wave that <laughs> I imagine most people are wondering about and the thing that I see most people want from this wave and will surely sell all the other figures no matter how good or bad they are is the Clayface figure that uh, is the big builder figure, and he is a big builder figure. So this guy, I haven't had a chance to get him out to compare, but he is roughly around the same size as the Doomsday that came out towards the end of the DC Classics. Uh, to, uh, was the San Diego one. So he, he is big. It's probably just because of his head. Uh, he's kind of hunchback rather than the head being on the top of his body that will probably give Doomsday the edge. Uh, but he would have, I would say, slightly wider shoulders. Uh, so he's he's a huge chunk of plastic, uh, so much so that he was designed very much like the Marvel Legends Hulk Buster, uh, where his chest piece was actually broken up into two pieces and you sort of plug mm-hmm. the arms into one and then connect his back on. Yeah. And his arms and legs are just full-on chunky pieces of plastic. Uh, Fantastic sculpt work here. It really does look like it's just slobbering mud. Uh, Really fantastic. Multiple, multiple washes of brown. Uh, Probably about four different browns I'm seeing here just on the body in terms of washes. Uh, And then, you know, the brown plastic that's the base underneath. Uh, and he's got a fantastic head sculpt. Uh, so he's got those little beady yellow eyes hidden in there. Uh, he's got horrible uh, teeth that have sort of looked like he hasn't brushed them in ages and they're kind of browned up. Uh, but he's got sort of red fleshy inside. He's actually got two layers of teeth. He's kind of like a shark <laughs> in there, which oh. kind of adds to the grossness factor. And what's really cool is he's got a movable jaw. So his jaw is articulated. So... Uh, you can have him sort of wide mouth opened or uh, sort of a closed up design. He's got actually some fairly nice posability for a figure this side. So he's got uh, ball jointed uh, shoulders. He's got ball jointed elbows that give a huge amount of range. But uh, depending on how you pose them, you can actually hide the ball joint in there quite well. He's got ball jointed uh, wrist sockets. Uh, he's got a ball jointed upper uh chest but 
Uh, it is a little bit limited because of the sculpting of the upper chest. He's got swivel at the right waist, ball-jointed hips, uh, swivels a little lower down in the thighs, uh, ball-jointed knees, and ball-jointed ankles, which means you can get a lot of posing out of him, uh, particularly with the ankle uh, pivots and swivels there. You can sort of always find a good center of gravity, which is very nice and very helpful uh, with a guy this size. And he does fit perfectly into the theme because him and Batwoman are, well, uh, minor spoilers, but let's say up until recently they were together on a team uh, in detective comics where Batman was sort of the leader of a group of heroes with Tim Drake, Batwoman, spoiler, uh, Cassandra Kane and Clayface uh, in there. So he actually complements the Batwoman figure uh, in this wave very nicely mm. through there. So I have been uh, impressed with the fact that DC Mattel uh, figures have come a long way from what we were getting last year. It's still not perfect. Biggest issue in particular is uh, some very average paint applications. Uh, I still haven't even gotten into all of it. Like my Jessica Cruz, her gloves, even though the arms, uh, the right arms that have been attached, they've both been painted as if their gloves were on the right hand. Uh, so that the lines don't exactly match up, which is a bit of a slam, and then just some slop uh, on bits and pieces of other figures, like I mentioned on the Batwoman, uh, which is a shame, but I am glad. And some of the articulation isn't fully there yet, but I am glad to see that they are uh, toying with it and getting better. They're not just releasing the same pieces again and again. It feels like they've listened to the criticism. Uh, so I do have to give uh, them credit for that. And it is a fantastic builder figure. So uh, it, yeah. it does make yeah. picking up maybe the figure or two that you don't want out of this wave uh, worth it here. But uh, with, Cla I think, Clayface, Superman, and Batwoman being standout figures, uh, Jessica Cruz and Two-Face being very good figures, and... Uh, Martian Manhunter just being a bit of a uh, lagging echo of what we've been getting <laughs> this last year. For the most part, it's, it's a fairly solid wave. So I'm, I'm probably going to have to give it uh, $7 out of 10 for the wave, but uh, it has gotten me more excited for DC figures than I have been in a, a very long time. Nice, nice. Yeah, I, I think this Builder figure just looks fantastic and, and not, you know, King Shark is just so amazing as well. So they certainly haven't been letting us down in that department. And, um, you know, bringing out Dr. Psycho as a, a collect and connect and you only have to buy two figures is quite clever too. So I think they are making some some really, really good choices. But uh, unfortunately, you know, not enough to get me over the line with, um, you know, buying the, you know, like the, the movie figures. But, yeah, I'm, I'm actually on the fence now thanks to, to your review. So I might actually start stalking this way. I, I recommend, yeah, pick up the Superman and Batwoman and see how you feel about them. That they'll they'll be the ones that'll sell you through yeah. and see if you can get Martian Manhunter's uh, piece as a separate sale. Although I imagine that's going to be the one that everyone's looking for. Um, I, I I just need the piece that came with Martian Manhunter. I'm good, thank you. 
Yeah. I mean, look, Jessica's a, a universe builder for me too, so she'll just go straight mm. into the Green Lantern display, so that's a win. Yeah. And I, the thing I forgot to mention with Clayface too is, although we've gotten Clayface before, his last two figures have had stretchy arms that don't appear to be holding up well over time. So uh, it is a chance to get an all-plastic clay face that will last a lot longer than the current DC ones on your shelf. Mm, that's good. That's good. Yeah, I mean, it is a – I think it's the kind of wave that has the elements of what we loved about DC Universe classic and classics, and it's been a while, you know, since we've seen that. I mean, it's too little too late for, I think, a lot of people, though – in terms of mm. the you know the 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 collectors, um, but I you know I admire the the efforts and like you said, people like Jessica and and Batwoman. If you're still trying to universe build this stuff, then they're great you know additions to have to that. So that's that's good. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for that, Eddie. It's great to um, have. Uh, that way of reviewed and give people a chance to kind of think about where they sit with that if they were on the fence like our good friend Ben. And we will leave Ben on the fence and take a short break and come back and I'm going to talk about little things, toys, small ones. If you like listening to podcasts, then there's a good chance you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor, Audible, is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is X Heroes by author Peter Kleins. X Heroes is the first book in a series about a group of superheroes trying to survive and protect what's left of humanity in the wake of a zombie apocalypse. It's a genre-bending story that has something for fans of comic books, superhero films, and the whole zombie phenomenon. To get your copy of X Heroes for free and start your 30-day trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, while I continue to balance on the fence, we are going to hand over to Scotty for the third and final toy of the week. Well, it's not really the third and final. It's kind of like about the eighth, ninth, and tenth. Anyway, it is Mr. Scotty. He's giving us some toys. Away you go. Thank you. I am going to actually start with an email that we received to explain why I'm reviewing the pieces that I'm reviewing tonight. And this is from Dwight. And Dwight says, Hi, Scotty and gang. Long-time listener, first-time writer. I have been an AFB listener from pretty much the beginning, and first off, wanted to say a big thank you for all the years of great toy podcasting. You guys are my number one listen every week. Thanks, Dwight. Yours are. Hooray! Yeah. Um, and he uh, tells us a little bit about what he collects, which is awesome, um, but very long. And then uh, he says, one of the things that I love about the show is that you review such a wide variety of things, many of which aren't things I personally buy, but I still love hearing about. At heart, though, I'm a small-scale blind box collector, and I have noticed that those items haven't had as much airtime of late. Probably it's just reflecting what you guys collect, true. Um, but I just wanted to put a vote for more reviews of smaller stuff, blind box, Lego, what have you. Thanks, Dwight. Well, Dwight, uh, your wish is my cool. plan. Yep. So, <laughs> challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Uh, and partially inspired also by the fact that I'm traveling and didn't bring anything with me and 
um, etc. But yeah, any excuse to to buy things for research purposes. Um, so, but no, I that has actually been on my mind um, as well, particularly because we have changed our recording schedule around to non-John friendly times, and John, um, you know, often brought that as well. And we really need to get back into working out how to um, get him back with us we miss uh, you john we miss you john we love you john um he's also been super busy as well so a combination of things um but i uh have been eyeing off a couple of different uh blind box and lego type things and so um i have decided to have a stab at them and you know one of the things that is uh, i guess uh you know the, the whole blind box blind bag thing is that if you are all in and you want all the things that's cool, if you look at something and think, oh, I don't really want most of these, I really just want that one thing, then it's, you know, a bit of a, a gamble and that's the thing. So I've got kind of a, the the highs and lows of this um, tonight. And I'll, I'll start with uh, <laughs> one of the, <clears throat> the latest um, uh, Funko Mystery Mini sets, which is a Warner Brothers vinyl figure um, set. And this, uh, one of the things that's kind of interesting about the mystery minis and a little bit of a challenge, if you want to try and, uh, clip these on a completest level here in Australia is that there are quite a number of retailer exclusive, um, mystery minis that, uh, can be a little bit pesky and hard to find, um, around, these traps. Uh, I love the kind of Looney Tunes characters and those, you know, the Flintstones, that era of um, cartoons when I was a kid. And so when I saw these, I thought, oh, this is something that I, you know, there's no character in this that I wouldn't want. Um, but I uh, picked up some boxes of these at the EB Games slash Zing up here in Brisbane. And unlike most of the EB Games, uh, sorry, most of the Zing stores, where they have, uh, you know, one of each of these lines out, and so you can open them, up, buy one, open it up, and then swap if you, uh, you know, have a double or etc. Um, oh, yes, yes. Yeah, they don't do that at this one, and I asked about it, and they were like, "No, we don't do that." Growl. Um, so I did take a risk, and I did get one double up, but I'm reviewing. I, you know, it's okay, and uh, the. Two that I'm going to review from what I got tonight are Bugs Bunny and Yogi Bear. Um, the one I really wanted is Marvin the Martian. I love Marvin the Martian. Um, and also Tom and Jerry. I got actually got Tom, um, but I didn't get Jerry, so I might hold off until I can get Jerry and you know talk about them later. Mm. Um, so th- these are, if you don't know what Mystery Minis are and you're listening to the show, where have you been? Um, but... <laughs> uh, yeah, Funko is the. I can only imagine what uh, their team that handles all of the different licenses that they have, um, you know, does and how big they are. Um, they, you know, it's really hard to think of a property um, that hasn't been touched by Funko yeah. in some way. Um, and you know, they have done a brilliant job of not only, obviously, developing really good mechanisms for you know handling these licenses um yeah it's it's one thing i think for the new stuff that is coming out because the merchandising um rights and processes for new stuff i mean that's the way that 
a lot of things actually make money. And so I, I get that. But when you go to, to older stuff, you know, stuff like this, et cetera, where, you know, it's probably a little bit more challenging to kind of um, uh, negotiate that. And uh, they've just done such a great job. Um, one of the, the mystery minis, um, when they first came out, had a kind of really distinctive look to them. So across the different properties, they had a you know, particular feel. And there are quite a few of them that still have that um, uh, kind of look. But they've now branched out into more really you know, custom um, uh, sculpts and... Uh, this is a great example of this where this isn't the Warner Brothers characters kind of taken in, expressed in a uh, mystery mini sort of, um, uh, not buck, but like, you know, feel. This is just really, you know, them and little versions of them, which is great. And so the options uh, that um, are the ones that are the standard ones um, are Fred Flintstone, uh, Yogi Bear, Huckleberry Hound, Bugs Bunny, Tom and Jerry, uh, Marvin, uh, uh, yeah, Marvin Martian, and um, Daffy Duck. Um, and oh, who's the chicken guy? Oh, Father and Leghorn. Yes, I think. Thank you. Sorry. I um, say, I say, boy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, then there are, there's a few different exclusives um, Yosemite Sam, um, Sylvester and Tweety. Pepe Le Pew, Roadrunner, Wiley Coyote, um, Elroy, and the dog from the Jetsons, who's also a name escaping me um, at the moment. So, like, you know, for me, not a one that I wouldn't Sprocket. want in there. Sprockets, thank you very much. Um, so, but Bugs Bunny and uh, Yogi Bear are the ones that I did get. And for my podcasting friends, if you haven't noticed, I have put pictures of these in the script. Um, life size, in fact, larger than life size. Um, so you can see <laughs> up, up close. So one of the things that I have always really liked about the mystery minis is that uh, they seem like the kind of quality in terms of production um, seems, you know, quite high. And these are, I, I don't know what they go for in the States, but these are kind of, you know, around the $10 mark here in the, in Australia. And, um, you know, they, they are the sort of thing that, I don't know. I mean, I suppose it would be cheaper to collect these than to collect the stuff that I collect, but Sometimes it just feels like a giant rabbit hole that you could fall down because, you know, I can get into that kind of completist mode, like with the X-Men mystery minis where I can't tell you how many doubles I had of those in order to get, <laughs> yeah, like a, you know, a complete I still set. haven't finished my South Park one. Oh, <laughs> uh, crazy. Yeah, like, crazy. Um, so, but, you know, sculpt-wise, these are, are, are really, really good representations of the characters. Um, I'll, I'll start with uh, Bugs Bunny first. Um, the... He's you know, sculpted uh, holding a carrot. He's taken a bite out of it, holding it upside down. Um, that kind of really typical, uh, you know, what's up, Doc sort of look. Um, the thing that I think is a little bit – well, I guess, you know, there's two kind of looks for Bugs in terms of his um, face. There's the eyes uh, with no eyelids and um, where you can kind of see lots of whites of the eyes and then the little pupils. And then there is the, um, you know, the what's up doc with the kind of eyelids lowered um, and uh, just pupils at the bottom. And that's the look that they've gone for. And I think I probably would have preferred the, the reverse just because of the scale and the size. It makes his face not quite as accessible um, as the just open pupils would have been. 
And then it's also kind of created more, I think, opportunity for the paint to not be perfect um, as well because you've got the gray uh, eyelids kind of actually coming in contact with the uh, black pupils and my paint on this isn't perfect. Um, I, I would assume that these are machine painted, not hand painted, um, but hard to hard to tell. Um, it feels like this is, uh, hmm, what am I saying? It feels like this is cast in the gray and then the white is painted on. Um, and mm. then of course the eyelids painted on as well, but that's, that's, you know, what I'm thinking. Um, the lines aren't awesome. Um, they are, uh, there's a little bit of kind of bleed around them and on the back of his head as well, which I haven't added in my photos there, there's a bit of bleed from the white to the gray, um, as well, same around the feet, um, as well. And there's a really visible mold line, um, on one of his, his feet. Um, so, you know, the, these are, uh, you know, obviously they're kind of trinkety things, right? It's not like I'm uh, criticizing the paint on a $300 statue, but it's still just um, uh, kind of a bit noticeable. Um, the other thing about Bugs is that he's actually, uh, it took a little bit of bending around to get him to stand up and not be wobbly, but I, I got there in the end. But um, yeah, I, I didn't like this as much as I thought that I was going to because I just kind of find that I keep looking at the 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 face, the eyelids, and kind of feeling like it isn't it isn't leap off the page. Oh my gosh, that's Bugs Bunny. Does that make does that make sense? Yeah, like, I, I I agree. I'm used to him having sort of that more um, wide eyed look, and I've actually been staring at your pictures, wondering if you painted those upper eyelids white. Would it sort of uh, <laughs> How much would that counter it? <laughs> yeah, they are sculpted like there's I'm, a. Yeah, go ahead, Eddie. Can I? I I find Bugs Bunny weird in that I often see depictions of him and think like, ah, oh, it doesn't really look like my Bugs Bunny. And then I sit there and I think, and this is like deeper thought than I put into a real world issues and <laughs> understanding and like what sort of career path is on. But I, I honestly can't think of like what my Bugs Bunny is in versions. I thought a thing, as close as I've been able to reach is, do you remember in the 90s when early 90s I'm talking about when there was like this weird fashion craze here in Australia of wearing Looney Tunes characters on uh, t-shirt images but they were being like they were all wearing like leather jackets and looking hip and like <laughs> I, I think that's the version of Bugs Bunny <laughs> that I grew, grew up with this that sort of style and space I mean, yeah, but, yeah. he's had some different kind of iconic looks throughout the years you know early Bugs that there was kind of a really early Bugs that was different from my Bugs Bunny kind of growing up um, and uh, but I think, you know, he's more, the, the kind of lowered eyelids thing is actually a uh, older, um, you know, version of him than the modern. Um, and I was just kind of doing a bit of Google image search now. And I guess it's less cute, which, you know, the original Bugs was really pretty a big jerk, right? Like, um, and not necessarily cutesy, but I don't know. It's just kind of something about that that I feel like at this scale, the raised eyelids would have actually made this pop a bit more. Yeah, and you're right. That's I mean, a fair like, call. Yeah. 
Uh, but you know, still in terms of um, you know, g- good fun, he's there. Uh, uh, now, no such issue with Mr. Yogi Bear, who I've always loved. Um, y- y- Yogi, um, uh, to me, is a uh, well. Look, I mean, when you think about Yogi Bear in the cartoon, um, he uh, with Boo Boo, like he uh, has a longish kind of torso. Um, this is a this is I guess just to kind of scale this with the other things. This is a shorter. Um, kind of um, yogi in that sense. Like, I, he's quite a tall character um, comparatively to, like, Boo Boo, you know, etc. And uh, he, this is a kind of a bit of a compressed version of yogi. Um, so, uh, from a body point of view, it's not a perfect rendition. Um, from a face and head sculpt point of view, um, this is great. He's got his uh, pick-a-nicka basket. Um, uh, with him and uh, looks you know, super fun. Um, the paint on this is pretty darn good for, you know, the scale and the the price point. Um, the picnic basket has actually got some really nice sculpting, and um, you know, one of the lids is um, open, and you know, really good fun. No articulation with these. Some of the mystery minis are bobbleheads. The Marvel ones are usually bobbleheads. So I'm pretty sure that's a licensing um, thing. Um, but you know, these are these are great fun, um, and I uh, would uh, give Bugs a six out of ten dollies. Um, I would give Yogi an eight out of ten dollies um, for good fun, cool. um, and I would I, I would have liked to seen uh, just a, maybe a little bit more kind of a torso on him. Now, Boo Boo, it's interesting because in, in the googling I've done of the exclusives in this, uh, when I look at the kind of little character. You know, the the back of the box is different in terms of the character options depending on which, I guess, retailer version you're getting. And I can't see Boo Boo on, on any of those cards. But then when I when I have done like an image search, there definitely is a Boo Boo. Um, so I don't know, man. This is going to be hard work um, <laughs> collecting collecting these. But collecting toys shouldn't be this hard. Oh, Could no, it be? Because kinda... Because yeah, so. it does vary sometimes with retailer exclusives. So if you're looking at a back of a box that's, say, Walmart, they're going to show different images to, uh, say, GameStop that has its own exclusives, if that makes sense. So. Yeah, yeah. But that's what I was saying is that, like, I've, I've, when I've done an image search of the um, for this series, I can see two different card uh, box backs, I guess, um, like the one that I've got is the one that were the three exclusive. Ah, hello. I just found one with Boo on it. Good grief. There uh, we go. Oh, no. There's Dino as well. Oh, my God. <gasps> Far out. That makes sense. I was actually wondering why Fred was there on his own. So at least it's another Flintstones character. So, wow, there's so many versions of these. This is unfair. Actually, you know what? Boo Boo, hi. This is a real, super well researched. We should never have let our intern starve to death. Um, the uh, <laughs> yeah, and now we'll never be able to recruit another one because we killed the last one. He's not smarter than the average bear. <laughs> so it actually looks like Boo Boo is okay. He's a one in thirty six chance. So hello. Um, what did I get? Yogi is a one in six. Bugs is a one in six. Oh, and Tom that I got is a one in twenty-four. So there you go. But no wonder I got two two Bugs bunnies. 
one and six. Um, on the flip side, then, uh, the uh, the latest, I think, series of uh, Lego Mystery Minis is a Batman the movie, um, Lego Batman, sorry, you know, tie-in, um, with 20 options, 20 characters, which is just crazy pants, don't you think? <laughs> uh, um, and the uh, part of uh, what kind of has put me off trying to get these is that you know, there's, there's a lot that I really wouldn't want in there, but then there are a few that I really do want. Um, uh, the number one being Black Canary, who I'm a big fan of. Um, but then there's also the Wonder Twins in there, which I need to get because my sister and I um, uh, have a bit of a Wonder Twins thing happening. Um, there's some crazy stuff in there like Clock King and Killer Moth and Black Vulcan and Wow. But then there's also some stuff that I really wouldn't want, um, like a super freaky Batman mermaid? Merman? <laughs> well, yeah, I'm sure it all makes sense song. when you've seen the movie. Oh my gosh, it looks like it belongs in some sort of cartoon porn thing. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I just decided, you know what, I'm going to buy one of these um, because the one, the only one I really, really want is Black Canary. I'm going to buy one of these just you know for fun. And if I don't get Black Canary, I'm going to just eBay it. And guess who I got? Huzzah! Alfred. Vacation yeah. Alfred. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. Uh, yeah, I got Black Canary, um, which is, like, um, so cool. Because there there's no, no kind of you know, really squeezable parts there where I could go, oh, this is for sure her at all. So it was literally just, I'll just grab one and see. Um, so this is... Uh, a Lego Mystery Mini, um, or if Adam was here, it would be a Lego uh, Mystery Mini. And um, <laughs> I, I love Black Canary, as any listeners will know. Ben and I are both um, fans, and I um, love the kind of classic Black Canary with the blue um, gear and blue uh, fishnets and the whole thing. And this is this is her, which is just awesome. And yeah, even more fun is that she comes with just one head, but uh, one side is uh, what I would call a um, resting bitch face uh, side, um, and one side is the screaming side, and so you can that's turn. Great. <laughs> yeah, and the screaming one is great, and then she comes with a microphone on a stand, um, which is super fun, and so you can have her kind of screaming um into the microphone um the hair is sculpted fantastically um the uh it's amazing how sometimes you know we we have so many times where it's like well you know why can't we just get a comic accurate you know classic version of this character da, da, da. and then you get a weird thing with this where it's like wow that is like a comic accurate nah. you know, <laughs> version of the classic like binary and it's Lego. <laughs> <laughs> you know, couldn't get an actual action figure to save our lives, uh, but here it is in Lego form, and she's just fantastic. Um, you know, great, great fun, and uh, it comes on a stand that's got the Batman um, logo on it, which is, uh, you know, ha But if that really bothers you, you can always and you have Lego, then you can obviously swap it out for a kind of standard stand. But she doesn't even really need the stand. Um, I would love if somehow this turned into well, and I think if you think about the um, 
amount of DC Lego that we have had that if you are just kind of collecting the minifigures from the different sets, etc., which would you know, be an expensive exercise, you could actually really start building a decent comic accurate sort of, uh, you know, set of characters. Yeah, and this, this is, yeah, really helping. Like just getting stuff like Clock King is like crazy pants. Awesome. Um, so she's 10 out of 10. Like, you know, it's Lego. What, what do you expect? It's awesome. Fun. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, I thought it was also a good example of the, the kind of, you know, challenges of doing this stuff that it is uh, tricky. And but often I think if you're prepared to um, like wait, um, like, you know, at, at the time when this stuff comes out, if you're like, okay, I have to get the chicken suit guy, you know, when, when everyone's after it, then trying to do that on eBay is ridiculous and et cetera. But if you're prepared, prepared to kind of wait, you know, then because these are produced at a pretty high volume, um, there's not, you know, mountains of either of the kind of blind, the Funko blind box stuff or Lego mystery minis that, that stay at really inflated prices on the, the, the um, secondary market. Um, I mean, there are that some of the exclusive ones, uh, do but yeah it's you can play the long game and then you know stock ebay groups as well and that sort of thing which is um you know always kind of fun slash creepy um so there you go um thanks dwight for in uh inquiring um and we really do appreciate that feedback and it's a good little reminder of hey you know it's important that we do kind of cover the range of things because it's not like we don't buy this stuff it's just that I think, you know, often because, you know, we uh, buy probably a lot of stuff, we tend to talk about the bigger <laughs> ticket items. Um, so good reminder, and we will do it. Now, I'm trying really hard not to fall down the Dr. Seuss mystery mini rabbit hole. No. Another, <laughs> I know. I just keep looking at that and being like, oh, my gosh, those are so cool. <laughs> so that was my review. Very good. And that was feedback. If, if you do, this is my challenge for you. Okay. okay. If you do, <laughs> you have to review them in the style of Dr. Seuss. <laughs> well, I would not find, being an ex-English teacher uh, slash creative writer, <laughs> I would not find that super hard, to be honest. <laughs> to be honest. Uh, mm, one day I should... It's, it's out there on the air, so if, if you do, uh, you're going to be held accountable. <laughs> <laughs> Probably my next... Um, uh, my next kind of lower end review, if it ever finally comes out, I've had it on pre-order for ages. There is a uh, um, Ursula and Cruella pop vinyl two pack coming out. Um, ah, cool. Y- yes, and you know I'm a huge Ursula fan, and so and I've got the sparkly Ursula that came out recently, but the um, original Ursula um, is like you know, that's one that you. you would really need to sell organs to be able to um, get, uh, but the normal Ursula is coming out with um, Cruella in a two pack, and so I've got that on pre order. And when it finally comes out, I will definitely be talking about it. Cool. Show. Yes. Cool. Well, Very good. That was my review, and that was feedback. So we's done. Excellent. Well, thank you very much, Mr. Scotty. And uh, look, don't forget, if you'd like to hear your comments, questions, or suggestions on future episodes, you can email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com and you may just hear it read out. Well, thank you very much. 
gentlemen. Thank you, listeners. Okay. It's time for us to say goodbye. 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 The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Mike's Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening.